Welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingas serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. So hold on to your headphones, it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss... How one company lets you surprise and delight customers using snail mail. How blockchain technology can impact the customer experience and why a little light can go a long way. Punks, chains, and nightlights. Oh my. It's shocking how often people use 38 words to describe something when two would do the trick. We're looking at you, lawyers and accountants. Words matter, and there is no excuse for trying to hide what you mean. We explore words and messaging in this next iteration of Say What? So recently, I published an article on Forbes that was called Three Ways to Stand Out from All the Other Salespeople. And one of the ways that I mentioned was to use snail mail because... When you work in a big company, you receive 100 to 150 emails every day. No, and Dan, Dan, forgive me, 7.8 million emails a day. Wow, that's what it feels like for sure. <laughs> that's what it feels like. It kills me. It kills me. And frankly, the ones from salespeople generally go to the bottom of the pile. And there are many of them. And so that was the whole point of the article was to say, hey, you know, stop sending these typical emails that we see every day and do something different. And so I talked about snail mail as one of those ways. And just really quickly, you know, for those that don't work in big companies, or really, if you work in any office, you probably know that you don't get a lot of mail at, at work, right? You, you come home and you get lots of junk mail, but at work, getting mail is rare. And so when you get mail at work, you open it because it's different. It's, you know, it, it stands out. And I remember a time where um, I got a book in the mail from a company that, frankly, I had a very bad opinion of and had used previously. And there was no way I was going to use them again. But they sent me a book by their CEO. And I felt compelled to respond to the salesperson, even if to say that, you know, to say to the person, I'm not interested. But I felt compelled because he had sent me this book in the mail. And had he just emailed me, I would have hit delete. And what was really interesting was that he got back to me and he said, thanks so much for letting me know that you're not interested. You just saved me a lot of time and, you know, enjoy the book. And so in any event, I recommended snail mail. And when I published the article, I was hit up on Twitter by the fine folks at a company called Punk Post. And they saw the article and they mentioned that their product can help companies with snail mail in a way that is, as they put it, easy and fun. So I asked them to tell me a little bit more about what they do. And here is what they said. Punk Post sends beautifully handwritten cards mailed by artists for you. Customers place orders via the Punk Post app or online platform and the amount of time it takes to send a text. From there, one of our 60-plus U.S.-based handwriting artists get to work turning a typed message into a custom, handwritten design on the card of your choosing, and it's in the mail within 24 hours. And here's why handwritten cards are important. 
They create loyalty for your community. They make you stand out from the sea of emails. People don't print out emails and hang them near their desk. They do, however, keep punk postcards on desks or even hang them up on walls. And every time they see those cards, they're reminded of you and your business. They're low cost, but have a big impact on how customers view your business. And they have the power to close deals. After receiving a card, your prospective customer knows you care and are invested. And what is PunkPost great for? Well, thanking clients for business renewals, celebrating clients' birthdays and one-year anniversary with you. If you're a realtor, it could be to celebrate a house anniversary. Thanking prospective clients for chatting with you, celebrating employees' birthdays, sending holiday cards to customers and partners, or celebrating big life events of customers. Lastly, showing gratitude and thanks to your community. Overall, PunkPost is a dashboard for creating and managing happy moments. The first card is free on the app, and after that, they start at $5. For more info or to start sending love today, visit punkpost.co, follow us at punkpostco, or download the app for iOS. So Joey, I know you talk a lot about writing personal notes in your recently published book, Never Lose a Customer Again. What did you think of PunkPost? I have to say, uh, while I have not yet had the opportunity to receive in the mail my PunkPost card... Even going to their website and checking it out was an experience. What they're doing, I think, is absolutely fantastic. And for those of you, and we'll have this in the show notes, but it's punkpost.co. So P-U-N-K, punk, post, P-O-S-T, dot C-O. What I love about this is they are bringing a sense of personality, a sense of creativity, a sense of art back to a medium that most businesses and frankly, most people have shied away from. You know, it used to be, and I realize I'm dating myself here a little bit, Dan, but it used to be when you got home from work or you got home from school and you went to the mailbox, it was filled with postcards and flyers and brochures and catalogs and maybe five, 10, 20, 50 pieces of mail per day that were coming to your house to promote services, to promote offerings, to showcase products, etc. Joey, you're just being bashful. That was all your fan mail. You can yeah, 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 please. I wish. I wish. But you know, this this is how it worked. Then comes along email. And suddenly businesses realize, wait a second, we can send the same communications for free. We can do this a lot easier, a lot faster, a lot quicker, with a lot less headache and a lot less cost. We should send emails. And the problem is the original inbox, the post box, the OG inbox, if one will, became empty as everybody rushed to the email inbox. And what I love about Punk Post is they are doing something which, as you mentioned, not only is something that I recommend, I know it's something you recommend. They are bringing the conversation back to the mailbox in a way that is fun, is creative, is different, and is going to create an experience for the recipient. Well, or to use your favorite word, it's remarkable, right? It is, it is something that, as she mentioned, is something that people put up at their desk or put up on a bulletin board. They save the card. And if your message is on that card and it's got some accompanying artwork, you know, the, you're, this is marketing. This is ongoing marketing that, that goes beyond the one to one. So that's why I thought it was really interesting. And I really appreciated that they obviously read my article, but, but that they are subscribing to this. And this is, um, I'll tell you, it's a service I haven't used either, but I'm planning on it because I think that it is, um, 
you know, I can certainly write my own notes and my own cards, but I love that there is this sort of artistry onto this, which, which makes it more unique and makes it remarkable because let's face it, even when you get a handwritten card, usually you read it and you say, Oh, that was nice. And then you recycle it. And this idea that these cards are savable and, you know, frameable or, or, you know, put up on the wallable. I know I just made up a word. I liked it. That was nice. Uh, that was nice. Dan I, Genghis, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> coining words every eighth episode. Yep. But I think that's what made this really unique. And so that's what it, that's what stuck out to me. I, I completely agree. I, what, what I really love about this is it gives you the opportunity to create a memento. It gives you the opportunity to create an interaction. You know, your customer, your prospect is going to delete your email, right? Or at best archive it when they're done with you. These cards, I, I get the feeling this is the kind of card somebody would frame or they would leave on their desk. One of the things I, I often ask when I talk to audiences about thank you notes is I'll say, okay, I'd like everybody in the audience to raise your hand if somewhere at your home or at your office, you currently have a thank you note that you've received in the past. And every hand goes up, right? Almost every hand, tons of hands go up. I said, okay, great, put all your hands down. Then I said, now, if that note you just raised your hand referring about, raise your hand if you received it in the last six months. And less than 10% of the hands go up. And what that shows me is if we create something memorable, if we create something remarkable, if we create a memento of the interaction and it's artistic and it's creative and it's fun and it's unique and it's different and it's special, the people we send it to will hold on to it. And what I really like about the way Punk Post works, and let's be clear, folks, if you head over there, it's not inexpensive in the sense that it's $5 per card. But if you were going to go to the store and buy a greeting card and hand write your own letter and then mail it, you'd probably be in the $5 range anyway, right? I mean, you, you'd certainly be moving in that general direction. And this is super easy because you actually do it from the app. You pick your card you are able to go ahead and put in the address and you write your message. So you get to customize it with your message. You type your message into your into the app and then the handwriting artist does beautiful calligraphy or there's a lot of different styles they do to translate the handwriting style into something special for the recipients. I love this idea. I'm super excited to try this out. And for all those people that are like, oh, I can't write thank you notes. My handwriting is so poor. Or I never know what to say when I write a thank you card. Or oh, it's just too much hassle. I have to wait till I get back to the office to the thank you cards. And then I have to address the envelope and then I have to put a stamp on it. And then I need to take it to the post office or the mailbox. No. You can put this app on your phone. Check it out, Punk Post. Love this. All right. So quick takeaways. Uh, number one, snail mail does stand out in the sea of emails. We get so much email every day that especially if you're in sales, you have to do something different to stand out. And if you've been fortunate enough to already have taken a meeting with a prospect, this kind of a thank you note is something that will absolutely stand out. Number two is handwritten notes are a great way to be personal. And even though we have moved on to, to the digital world, I believe, and I know you believe, Joey, that handwritten notes will never go out of style. And the third thing is that using a service like Punk Post adds an element of surprise and delight as well, which we've talked about a lot on the show, which creates a remarkable experience and therefore makes you remembered. 
There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. This week's CX Press comes to us from Kay Chapman of Com 100 on a website called Customer Think. And her article was How Blockchain Could Transform the Customer Experience. And I wanted to start here by talking about what blockchain is, because I will admit it is a very difficult concept. And I've had to read about it multiple times to really understand it. And I think Kay did a really good job in this article of explaining what blockchain is. So I'm going to read a portion of it to you. Imagine you have to send some money to a friend. To do this, you contact your bank and ask them to send the money to your friend's account. The bank has a ledger of transactions. To perform the transfer, it removes the funds from your account, adds them to your friend's account, and records it all on their central ledger. The process is reliant on a single authority, the bank, to perform the transaction and keep accurate records on their ledger. As a consumer, you have to trust that the bank will do this accurately and without corruption. Sadly, this isn't always something that banks are capable of doing. Blockchain allows for transactions to occur without a single authority to oversee them. It does this by recording transactions on an electronic ledger that everyone can access. Computers all over the world hold copies of this ledger and continuously work to verify transactions registered on it. Transactions made on the blockchain are stored forever, and it's impossible to tamper with them or alter them once they're made. Sensitive information relating to each transaction can be cryptographically... That's a tough word. Cryptographically, that's a twister, ladies and gentlemen. Let's call cryptographically. it cryptographically secured, meaning that it is only accessible by those with the right keys to unlock it. That information can be disclosed at will by the parties involved in the transaction. So the article, again, was about how blockchain can enhance the customer experience. So we reached out to the author, Kay Chapman, and asked her to explain to us how blockchain can transform the customer experience. Here she is. Blockchain technology can be used for a huge range of business applications, some which have the potential to impact customer experience significantly. Payment processing could be transformed, removing the need for clearing and expensive bank fees and cutting payment processing times to minutes. In fact, MasterCard is right now opening up its own blockchain as an alternative payment method. Another potential use is in sending goods to customers. IBM is combining Internet of Things technology with blockchain to allow for goods to be tracked along each point of a supply chain. Package location is updated via GPS, and when a section of a transaction is verified as having been completed, we have the option for payments to then be released. Now, this whole process removes the need for customers to argue and prove non-delivery of a package, as that package's status is an objective truth held within the blockchain. Contracts are another area where blockchain can help to make things fairer for customers. Real distress can be caused to customers when companies don't keep to their side of a bargain, as the burden of proof often rests on the customer to chase, discuss, persuade and fight for compensation. Blockchain technology can be used to implement smart contracts, where contractual breaches can be tied to automated consequences, for example, refunds where a service is not delivered on time. I can see that ISPs, phone companies and other service providers could differentiate using this technology. 
Lastly, blockchain is being explored to achieve the decentralization of customer data. In the future, the possibility of customer data breaches could be hugely reduced if that data is held on the blockchain and disclosed by customers at will, rather than held within individual companies who sometimes keep a lot of data they don't always need. Now that's exciting for anyone who's concerned about information security, and even more exciting for businesses who currently spend millions of dollars on compliance costs every year. In short, if your business sells to customers, contracts with them, markets to them, or shares information with them, those processes could be transformed by blockchain. That disruption has the potential to improve experiences for customers, to make businesses more accountable, and to increase information security in our current climate of data mistrust. Well, first of all, let's be abundantly clear. Uh, most people would much rather listen to Kay Chapman be in charge of this podcast than Joey Coleman and Dan I Gingas. totally thought the same thing. So, so amazing. So amazing. And what I love about Kay is that, first of all, she wrote a fantastic description of what blockchain is. Because like you, I've read a good amount about blockchain. And I thought her description was very succinct. And using this example of money in the bank and a transfer amongst friends was, a, I think, a, a clear way to kind of outline what it uh, kind of how blockchain works. But what I loved about uh, the audio clip she shared is that she talked about some specific things that have the potential to be enhanced in the world of customer experience by using this new technology of blockchain, which I thought was great. And one of the things that I thought was interesting is how, uh, you know, kind of building off the bank conversation is that we're able to have this better tracking of what's going on and have it be a little bit independent from the bank and to be able to share that tracking information directly with the person we're giving the money to. Because I don't know about you. Uh, and then she also segues into the conversation about tracking packages. I spend a decent amount of time sharing tracking numbers of things I'm doing with other people. So here's the confirmation of the wire transfer we just did. Here's a confirmation of the UPS or FedEx tracking number for the shipment I just sent you. You know, I'm, I'm regularly sending these confirmations that thankfully those companies provide, but then the person who clicks on the link is hoping that the transaction is live and, you know, they know where it is and they're able to track and get their information. But one thing that I think is fascinating is have you ever had this experience, Dan, where somebody sends you a uh, tracking confirmation and you click on it and it says that it's not available for tracking yet, even though you have the number? Have you ever had this thing? Okay, this happens all the time and it drives me crazy. It's one of the things I tell about my clients. I get that you want to send the tracking information, but don't ever send a link that when the customer clicks on it, it isn't going to be live and it isn't going to be able to give them information to the minute. And that's one of the potentials, I think, for blockchain is because it's running in the background, it's computers, it's writing to this master ledger, you'll be able to see, as Kay described, everywhere in the process where your money is, where the package you ordered is, etc. Yeah, and I thought the other uh, point that she made that was really relevant given the news lately is this whole idea of decentralization of customer data. You know, the problem with all of these breaches and these privacy issues that we've had from anywhere from banks to Facebook has been that, you know, once your information is out there, 
you know, it can easily be misused and, and, you know, identity stolen and all this sort of thing. And so we're left with constantly changing passwords and more and more complicated rules for passwords, which of course the data says doesn't even matter, but just makes our lives more miserable. And this technology does help to eliminate that because you don't ever have your data sitting in one place owned by one person who then can accidentally you know, get hacked and lose it. So I think there's some really interesting things here. I'm going to jump to the takeaways uh, from her article, but I highly recommend you go read the article. It is a, a long read, but I think if you're interested in this technology, uh, it's a really good read. And we'll, of course, include the link on our show notes at experiencethisshow.com. So the takeaways are, number one, that blockchain technology is already here. And although there are limited applications today, uh, most notably Bitcoin and, and those transactions, this is something that we need to keep an eye on. It's not maybe altering the entire customer experience today, but this is something that we want to be aware of because it is going to affect it tomorrow. Number two, anything that makes customer experience easier is worth paying attention to. And I think that Kay makes the, a really good point in her audio that this technology has the opportunity to make several different kinds of customer experience easier. And three, as I said, security and privacy are so critical right now, and they are therefore huge contributors to the customer experience. When your bank loses your personal information or gets hacked, that changes your opinion of that bank forever. And a lot of people leave the bank because of that. And so if there is technology that is coming that is going to make security and privacy a non-issue because it is because the idea of being hacked goes away, this is also something that we have to pay attention to for those of us that are looking to provide continually remarkable experiences. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? So Joey and I clearly like to talk about hotel rooms a lot. And uh, we, spend, we, do, we do spend a shocking amount of time in hotel rooms. We do. And it gives us great fodder for a customer experience show, which is great. And uh, first of all, Joey, I just wanted to say that, you know, way back in our second episode. Way back. We, yeah, episode we, number two, the original people. We did a segment on uh, irons and how I had this problem not being able to fit an iron under a faucet. And I had it again at a different hotel chain. <laughs> and I was, did. I was thinking about that and I just I was so frustrated because I was late and I it was one of these where I woke up in the morning and hadn't planned on ironing my shirt and then noticed my shirt was uh, was wrinkled I'm like ah always iron the night before it's funny you should mention the iron you we didn't get a chance to talk about this I had an experience recently where I was at a hotel that had a beautiful beautiful sink with a faucet that when you turned on the faucet it was like a river rushed out at you it kind of came down this spout and then split all over the sink. Uh, and it was, it was a spectacular view until I needed to iron. And I'm holding the iron underneath what is literally a waterfall 
of water. It's all over the place. It's soaking me. It's soaking the bathroom. The entire iron is coated in water. And all I could think of was my buddy Dan Gingas <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> Well, that's at, at least it was pretty while it was happening. Right? It was pretty. That's it was beautiful. Great. So anyway, I had a different um, experience recently, actually two of them, and I wanted to bring them up here. So a couple of weeks ago, I was in a hotel room and uh, I noticed in the bathroom that there was a small like light up pad right where the light switch was. And it was it was light activated. And so um, when you turned off the light in the bathroom, this little pad lit up and it was kind of like a nightlight. And I thought it was cool. I'll post a picture of it on our show notes. And I it just was memorable to me because it was just enough light to kind of identify where the bathroom is, right? Because we've all got we've all woken up in a hotel room where it's a foreign place, you know, we're not familiar with it and it's dark. And, you know, you're stumbling over the room to get to the bathroom. And I was like, oh, that's really nice that they put this little light up pad. It didn't wasn't too bright, so it didn't make the room bright or anything. And anyway, I took a picture of it because I always do things like that. And uh, I just kind of sat on it and, and thought, about, you know, didn't do anything with it. And then last week, I was in another hotel. And this hotel took this idea one step further. And then I decided now I have to talk about it. So in this hotel, the bedside table had a motion activated light right underneath it. And so when you got up in the middle of the night, which I did, um, as soon as you put your feet on the floor, this night light turns on and it's a little nut light, but it literally lights the way, the path to the bathroom. And then, you know, after 10, 20 seconds, it, it goes off again. And I thought this was so brilliant because first of all, it solves a customer pain point, which is, I'm getting up in the middle of the night and I'm stumbling and, you know, banging into things because I can't see and I'm in a foreign room. But I also thought that what was interesting is since we've talked about with the iron example, that the problem there is the guy who puts the faucet in and the guy who puts who's in charge of the iron didn't talk to one another. It, what occurred to me was that somebody probably had to sleep in that room to understand exactly where to put this light and to do it in such a way that it worked, right? I mean, it wasn't like it, somebody had to step in the customer's shoes to really confirm that this was, you know, the right placement and that it was bright enough and all that sort of stuff. And that's what really impressed me. Have you ever seen anything like this in all the hotels you've stayed at? I, I actually have not, and I'm totally intrigued and now want to stay at that hotel uh, because I, I think it's a, to your point, it's a great example of being customer centric and paying attention to the fact that, of course, the people in the hotel are very familiar with the layout of the rooms. But a customer, I don't know about you, there are a couple of hotels that I stay at regularly, but for the most part, every time I stay at a hotel, even if it's a new hotel, even if I'm staying within the a specific chain, which I usually do, it's a completely different experience. What I what I love about this story is we can approach this from one of two ways. We can design for the customer experience from the outset, or we can retrofit to fit the customer experience. Now, in this particular instance, I'm not sure, and I don't know if you know, Dan, whether they built the room and then installed this motion-activated light underneath the bedside table, whether the table came with that installed, or whether they built a prototype of the room before they even went into construction and tried to figure out all the things they wanted to do from a point of view uh, when it came to the layout. But I think all too often, businesses feel kind of trapped by their legacy decisions. 
And as a result, they say, well, you know, it'd be nice, but we'd have to remodel all the rooms to, to have a solution. And it's, you know, it's like, no, you, you don't have to. You just have to understand what the problem is and then get creative to find a solution. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the first one, for example, is probably just switching out a light switch, like, and, and putting a different one in that happens to have this nightlight included. I did take a picture also of the, of the second one underneath the bedside table, and I'll post that one as well. I didn't quite get into the, like, you know, trying to figure out how exactly it was installed on the table, but you bring up a good point. Uh, and since it was the first time I had ever seen it, I sort of assumed that it was built into the, the bedside table, but it very well could have been put in afterwards because I know that kind of lighting is available. It's not very complicated. Um, and it, and it was a very little light, but again, just, just enough light to light the way. So takeaways here, I think uh, we've talked about this before many times. The little things matter. And I brought these up because they are little things. The lights, these little tiny lights are little physically and they're little in the sense of, you know, their place in the overall customer experience. But it is one of those things that's that's memorable and that kind of stands out, especially when you use it when you need it. As we talked about before in the last segment about security and privacy, I would say this is also a security and maybe safety measure, which is also paramount to the experience. When you're staying in a hotel, safety is something that is, that people are concerned about. There's a lot of ways that safety can play a role, but one of them is, is you don't want to be stumbling around a dark room. And so I think that is, that's why this works so well is that it solves a, a potential pain point. And then the third is, as I mentioned, I felt that this demonstrated a really good sense of walking in the customer's shoes or the guest's shoes, or maybe their slippers since they're, they're uh, coming out of bed. Um, but I thought this really, in order to have worked well, somebody must have experienced it, which I think again was standard in opposition to the iron example. So great job. And, uh, let's see more of this kind of innovation in our future hotel stays. And if you want to see this innovation in action, go to experiencethisshow.com to the show notes and you can see the photos Dan took in the hotel. Listen in while we try to stump and surprise each other with a fantastic statistic from the worlds of customer experience and customer service. It's time to check out this number. Okay, Joey, this week's number is 47%. What do you think it means? Dan, I'm going to go with this. Uh, I live high in the mountains of Colorado, and I would say there's a, about a 47% chance that on Mother's Day, we are going to get a minimum of three feet of snow. Because that's just the way it works around Three here in the month. Feet. Dude, Holy we got a foot, we got a foot and a half yet uh yesterday. Last year on Mother's Day, we had over four feet of snow. Oh so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the forty seven percent chance. This is me being a meteorologist today, forty seven percent chance of at least a foot of snow. Well, folks, we're gonna come back in a future episode and tell you whether <laughs> Joey was right. But in fact, as usual, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about forty seven percent of modern customer experience leaders are considered optimists. 
They say that their current customer experience strategy isn't performing its best, but they're preparing for the future. Interestingly, 43% of modern CX leaders said that they are considered skeptics, which is that their customer experience strategy is underperforming and they lack preparedness for the future. Now, this comes to us from an article and infographic called Are All Modern CX Leaders Skeptics? That was found on SmarterCX.com, which is the customer experience website of our friends and sponsors at Oracle CX. What do you think about this, Joey? You know, I I think two things. Number one, uh, if you have the choice, ladies and gentlemen... I think it's always better to be an optimist than a skeptic. I, I, I just think, and you know, that some people may say I'm looking at the world through rose colored glasses, but I, I think that's the goal. But what I will say about the skeptics, it, it's, it's not surprising to me that it's close to a 50 50 split. It's not, but it's pretty close to an even number. And in some ways that, that didn't surprise me much because I think customer experience is really difficult. I think it's a daunting job. It's a daunting industry and kind of career path uh, profession because so much is changing all the time, not only in terms of what your customers are expecting, but what your organization is actually able to do via the technology, via the resources, the human power, whatever whatever it may be. And so there are so many variables that are in play at any given time. I can understand why folks might end up skeptical and fearful that they're not prepared for the future. But that being said, I know the folks, especially that listen to this podcast, are the kind of people that are lifelong learners that are seeking to keep a finger on the pulse of customer experience and pay attention to what's going on and experiment and try new things. And uh, I imagine no one listening to the show today, this was the first time they had heard of blockchain. Uh, They may not be using it in their business yet, but they're aware of it and they're paying attention to it and thinking about it. So I'm excited that the majority of people are optimists. Well, and I certainly hope our listeners are optimists because Joey and I are for sure. For the full article and for more great content, please go to smartercx.com slash experience this. Smarter CX by Oracle is the destination for professionals who are building the next generation of customer experience. You can find breaking news, in-depth analysis, expert insights, and useful tools that will empower you to think and work progressively. That is smartercx.com slash experience this. Wow. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions. And if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This Show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience This.